Hi everybody, welcome to another Prog Report interview. Just a reminder, if you've missed any past episodes, any top fives, Prog Report profiles or interviews, you can visit progreport.com for everything. Also check out our podcast networks. We're on iTunes, Google Play, YouTube, Podbean, etc. We have a great interview today. Uh, my guest today is an incredible singer, one of the most prolific singers around. He is in Sons of Apollo and now he has a brand new album with his band Soto. I'd like to welcome Jeff Scott Soto. Hey man, how you doing? Hello. Have you been? First of all, you've been. You're back from tour. What's what's been going on? Yeah, I'm a bit knackered. I'm a bit tired, um, but tired in a good way. I mean, I, I love tired when I when you're accomplishing shit and you're getting shit done, and and it's all good positive shit. It's one thing when you go. I did a tour a few years ago. Um, I think it was 2014. It was it was great, and it ended on a fucking horrible note because. Uh, we, when we were doing the accounting at the end of the tour, I realized I was in the red big time. I, I basically paid <laughs> for the tour. And it's one of those things where it was supposed to end on a high and end on an extreme low. And this, it's just since then, I've, I've learned from my mistakes and and I've basically uh, conquered them. So it's it's I'm in a good place right now. I'm loving it. That's great, man. You know, I, I mean, like a lot of people, you've sort of been on the music radar – uh, I, for I mean, for me as a fan, for you just lose track. It's been so long, and you've been on so many albums. I went and researched uh, just on Wikipedia, like all you know, some of the stuff you've done. It's like hundreds of things. Do you have any count of of how many albums you've been involved with? I you know I stopped counting after like a hundred and five or hundred and seven something like that, <laughs> and uh, and I just did an interview where somebody was reminding me it's somewhere in the region of a hundred and fifty. Now this is this is not my own band sure. or my own albums right. per se. This is everything that I've sung lead on, whether it's an appearance or a duet or like one song on on someone's album, that kind of thing. So when you do add all that together, that's not including all the backing vocals. If you add all that, then that becomes a whole nother world. That's like it gets into the five hundred range. <laughs> wow, man, that's it's, a that's amazing. That's a really a congrats on that. That's unbelievable. It, it is. Thank you. It, it is surreal to some degree. Because you, you you don't really look at somebody being even capable of of doing all that within the context of the amount, even the amount of years I've been doing it, and it just seems like a lot of work. You you expect that more for like a guitar player, a session musician, that type of thing. For a singer, yeah. that sounds a bit extreme. But then again, I, I look back and if you look at the the average of how many albums compared to how many days in in the year, how many months in a year. And you, you equate it to 35 years. It's not all that much. It basically just shows that music is my full-time job. You right. know, when I'm doing, whether I'm doing an album project, uh, new thing, whatever, this is my job. So clearly, I'm going to do as much as I possibly can. And especially now, I, I, I'm at this. I'm a kind of at this crossroads of my, not the end of my life, but the, the kind of mortality thing where you think you're seeing so many of your friends and colleagues and and family you know, slowly vanishing. And you, you, I I just want to do as much as I possibly can yeah. so I can kind of perceive my own legacy, kind of leave something behind a little more so than anybody else. Maybe I can hit some kind of world record of, of the amount of work <laughs> that I've done and left behind. I don't know. Well, I don't know. But, you know, Portnoy gets the credit for being in all the bands, but I think maybe you've trumped him by a good couple of, you know, a couple of percentages. Well, yeah, that's only because he did spend a good 20 some odd years with one <laughs> band. And that's, if he was freelance the way I was for the amount of years, I guarantee he would triple my, my numbers. <laughs> yeah, probably, <laughs> probably so. Uh, you know, with all the different 
albums and, and projects from from Ingve to you know recently Sons of Apollo and and yet a stint with Journey and and the Queen extravaganza thing and you know it's all pretty varied. Uh, where do you find yourself most comfortable? What's what what is your favorite type of thing to to be doing? That that's absolutely impossible to to answer. And I equate it to the same thing as one of the reasons why even Queen is my, it, it remains my ultimate top, my, my number one choice of band artist, performer, everything everything is basically there for Queen because they tapped into so many musical resources. And it's, you get so much shit in this business for, you need to you need to kind of choose one direction, choose one band, be a, a master of your trade instead of a jack of all trades and and a master of one. Those guys were the master of all. The, yeah. Everything they tackled was perfection. They they went from gospel to rock to pop to blues to jazz to disco to funk. They did it all. And this is this is kind of what it, it kind of seeped into my bloodstream. I wanted to be that kind of artist. So it's impossible for me to just choose one. And that's why even Soto exists, you know, because that level of what I want to do musically was missing in the equation. I was doing sure I was doing hard rock and heavier, detuned kind of um that that style of rock but what i'm doing with soto was missing big time and i'm i've just filled that void and i'm so happy with having that in my life right now and i'm pushing like hell to try and make it as successful as possible yeah so so speaking of the the new album from soto uh origami which by the time this airs it, it'll be out it comes out may 24th and uh i mean this is a hard hidden heavy you know great playing aggressive record um you know with being busy with Sons of Apollo recently and all the other things you sort of have going on, trans Orchestra and everything, when did the time feel right to, to write and make this record and how'd you find the time to do it? Um, well, as I said earlier about the fact that I've done so many records and because it's my, it's, it's basically my, my job. It's, it's, I don't look at, well, I just did a record, and uh, oh man, I'm exhausted. I'm I'm gonna rest, and I'm gonna let my mind just rest and and get ready for the next one in another year yeah. and a half. My I'm constantly, constantly, my my head is constantly spinning with ideas. You throw a song at me, I will write a melody, I will write a lyric to it because it just <laughs> naturally happens. The, the the only other person I've heard of, um, another favorite artist of mine that did this all the time, basically never stopped working, even for songs that never got released, was Prince. Uh, and that's he never saw it as a job he just saw it as a way of life so there's not a there's there's no need to find time to do all this stuff the time finds me i just i'm working a new sons of apollo album and in between doing interviews and pushing soto and doing all the other things that are going in around in my life i i sit down and i I listen to a song and i say this is what this is going to sound like and this is what this is going to be about it's not about Oh, I better sit down and really hone in on this, and 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 no, that's not good enough. I, I literally just listen to it, and it consumes me. And this is where all the ideas come from. It doesn't take time. It doesn't take the effort like it does in building a house. It it truly is something that just happens when I listen to music. That's great. Um, where did the inspiration come from for for the material on the record? Um, well, I told the guys we need to be extremely diverse especially now with this album because now we're on a, a label that's primarily known as a, a prog label you know inside out music's the same label as sons of apollo we um I, I wanted to make sure that there were no 
there were no stones unturned. I told the guys, if you want to go proggy, go for it. If you want to go heavy, go for it. If you want to go kind of left field, right field, whatever you want to do, we need to do that on this record. We need to make a bold statement. It's our first album with this label, but it is our third album after two kind of not so successful ones. So in other words, the only way we're going to make a dent in this business with this band is this album needs to make a statement. And and that's exactly how we chose the songs, the final songs that we, we had something like 20 some odd songs to choose from. Mm. And that's how we went into this record. It had to be as diverse as possible. It has, it kind of has the best of all worlds that people would expect of me in maybe a heavier direction. But for the most part, it's all melody. It's all hooks. It's got so much to chew on. And that's exactly what I wanted for this album. I, maybe this is stretching a bit. Is that where the title origami comes from for the record? I think that 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 was more accidental. I think that came about. I, I think it it's more suiting as you're saying now. If you look at it as a whole, yeah, it was more accidental in the sense of the song origami was um, was titled based on the lyrics. And there's the word origami has nothing to do. It's nothing. Nowhere in the song itself. But we equated what an origami an origami stands for. It basically paper is life, and and in life a paper can be uh, shattered, torn, and frayed in life. Uh, a, a piece of paper can be fresh and clean and new. There's so many different parameters of what a paper can represent, and the origami the origami itself represents life. In this particular instance, and song or the origami is frayed and t- and shattered and tattered, and that and from that, I thought, man, that really represents what the album is about. It's about life. This 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 album is about where. The world is where our country is. The division between people, between religion, between it, it is, I mean, it, I'm not tapping onto anything new. It, it, a lot of bands and a lot of artists have already talked about this, but this is my view of where we are at as a people, as where we are as individuals. And I also write in double entendre. A song could be about where the country is, where like the U.S., for instance, is with the division, but it also could be between two people and the, the division between a relationship. So I always try to equate two sides of the coin there yeah and that's that's a, a kick-ass song too one of my favorites on the record another one that's great is the uh the recent single the you have the video for hypermania which is just awesome Thank um you. that's a, it has a great chorus i mean that song has sort of two sides to it because it's kind of aggressive and the chorus is a sort of fist pumping you know you can sing right. along uh you know talk about that one and that, that trippy video too <laughs> i mean that is something well when i first heard the tune i I knew it was going to be uh, I knew it was going to be something new and different. And uh, let me just rewind a second. Soto, the design be- behind Soto is not necessarily for my diehard fans. And I get a lot of complaints from my diehard fans. They want me to stay kind of in the melodic rock, hard rock category. I, I'm not recording and I'm not writing, recording and designing Soto on my past. I'm designing Soto uh, for my future. I'm trying to draw on a new crowd of people that don't even know who Jeff Scott Soto is, whether they be younger or from a different style of music or genre. I'm trying to now, you know, it's just kind of uh, bleed over to a whole new style, a whole new arena of people that don't necessarily listen to my music or, or even know who I am. From that, I heard the song Hypermania when we got the first demo version of it. And I thought, this is definitely going to be, it's it, not controversial, but people are going to go, I don't like this. This is too, it's keyboard kind of alt rock driven. And that's exactly why I wanted to do the song. Cause it, like you said, it has that really heavy end, but it also has that commercial hook when you get to the chorus, a sing along kind of thing. 
And I was so excited to, to transform that idea into something that we could actually adapt ourselves to. And the video itself, as I said earlier, I, I write in double entendre. The idea that the videographer came up with gave it a triple entendre. And I don't like to uh, display exactly what my lyrics are about. I want the listener or the reader, if you're reading the lyrics, to kind of make up your own idea of what I actually mean in the song. And now there are three meanings to that song. <laughs> when, you, when you see the video, I, I would actually like to see and hear what people's interpretations are up from the lyrics to what the actual video is about to what I actually really did write the song about. It's Yeah, it's, it's not the, what I thought it would be. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> But uh, no, but it's cool. And it, and it it's, a, you know, it's a shocker. It keep, you know, makes you think. So that's the yeah, kind of stuff you got to do these days. Well, that's, uh, you know, an author does the same thing when he writes a book. He he or she writes a book. They they write the book based on wanting the reader to get to use their own imagination. When the when a book gets turned into a movie, you get to see somebody else's interpretation within a two hour context of a, a book that might take you a week or two to read. Yeah. So from that I, I like to go the author direction of instead of you knowing black and white what this what this context is about, you, you actually get to think about and kind of make up your own visuals about what it's about. I want to give a, a, a shout out and, and let you talk about uh, the guys in the band um, who just shred on the record. And, and for people that listen to this podcast and, and follow up, so it's definitely more progressive edge. No worries there. I mean, these guys play their brains out on some of these songs. Well, the majority of the band were my my backup band when I was still doing the Jeff Scott Soto uh, road show, so to speak. Um, I got Edu, BJ, and Jorge in 2009. And we built such a camaraderie and chemistry from the live show. And it, you might have heard, uh, if anybody's seen any other interviews with the other guys in my band, they'll explain how even though they were my backup band, I always treated and I always pushed them to, for it to look like they were part of me, like we were a band. It was never about me because I'm the marquee artist, et cetera, et cetera. I always wanted to make them feel equal. The show itself was always built and based around them, playing off them, the energies, and et cetera. I always wanted them to, to be focused along with me. And so go uh, them coming into Soto and turning this into a band, that was a natural progression. We were doing that already anyway. And now we're able to do it where they are a part of a band. It's it's sure it has my last name as the name of the band. It's my moniker, but in the end we are a band and I constantly, constantly push them to the forefront. And um so yeah. Uh Tony's the most recent addition and it's, it's he's only there, unfortunately, I I'm not saying this uh disrespectfully, but Tony's there because we did lose our bass player David Z right. two years ago to that tragic accident uh when he was on tour with Adrenaline Mob. And but to Tony's credit, he's always been a part of, he's kind of like the, the sixth member of Soto because he was a writer on the first two albums. He was kind of a, a co-creator of the Soto sound. So having him into the band now is a natural natural progression. We're, we're moving forward with him, and now he's really stepped up and given us even more to chew on for the Soto sound. So these guys are my best friends. We, we have the best time on tour together. They they know me. I know them. It's not like a brand new band where we're, we're still kind of feeling it out and getting to know each other. We are truly a unit, a brotherhood. I haven't done any uh, JSS or Soto shows without these guys in yeah. some capacity since 2009. So we're going on 10 years together. Well, yeah, that's fantastic. Um, and of, of course, terrible loss with David. Um, 
the the song "Detonate" from the album is is was dedicated or, or written after his passing. Is that right? No, he wrote the song with Edu in the back of the tour bus when we were doing the last tour in uh, 2017. They were demoing, demoing up this song in the back of the bus while I was actually in the front of the bus writing lyrics and melodies for the new Sons of Apollo album oh. or the first Sons of Apollo album. So they presented this song to me when they finished it, and I just thought it was slamming. It was amazing. Yeah. And fast forward to when we were working on Origami, I, I basically said, I, I went to Edu and I said, you have the original tracks please review David's tracks. If they're good enough and solid enough sounding wise and, and performance wise, I want to build, I want to re-record the song and build it around that bass track so we can immortalize him and make him just remind everybody that he'll, he'll always have a place. We'll always be doing this for him and with him. The kind of the same way Metallica never forgotten about Cliff Burton. We'll never forget about David Z. Right on. I want to talk a little bit about Sons of Apollo. I know there's, a new album in the works. Anything you can tell us? Where Where is the album at? What stage right now? I just finished uh, vocal number four yesterday. Hence my my scratchy voice at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> it just goes to show I'm really I'm really working on it. Um, yeah, the the music is. Uh, I'm sorry. The basic tracks are basically done. I believe once the Winery Dogs run is finished, I think Billy's going to go in and start tracking his bass parts. But we're cruising, man. It's 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 sounding great. It's it's going to be what you would expect of us. We're not really going into char- uncharted territory, not yet anyway, as we're still planting the seed for Sons of Apollo. So it's going to be, uh, I wouldn't necessarily say an extension of the first album, but it's going to be familiar. And and it, like I said, we, it, it's going to still blow you away. It's going to have elements that just go, geez, listen to that. But it's also not going to be too left field where it's going to be, uh, well... I like what they were doing the first album. Why are they changing it so much? So that's, that's how I, that's the best way for me to equate what we're doing for the next record. Well, I'm really glad there's a second album. I mean, you know, a lot of times with these super groups, you're lucky if you, if the first album, you know, is a success and, and then sometimes there is never a second album. So once you get that second album kind of happening, that that's a good sign. And and that was very important for us to kind of dive back in as soon as possible, because the first thing we we wanted to kind of surpass that whole super group moniker. None of us likes it. We we understand right. it. We understand why people use that moniker. But for the most part, um, the only reason I the only thing I equate super group to is a bunch of guys going on stage and wearing capes, <laughs> which we don't do. But in 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 another sense, we can because when you think of the pedigree of that band, you know it, it's a super group in the sense of everybody is super at what they do they they're the best of the best and then they got me schlubbing along for the ride but but for the most part the 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 moniker super group to me means more that i'm with a band of super great players super great musicians and and we're just doing what we do best and that's exactly what we wanted to make sure that people understood and respected what we're doing with with sons of apollo that it's not just well, let's see if it sticks. If it does, we'll continue. If it doesn't, you know, it was nice knowing you guys. Yeah. We went to this thing knowing we're going to put the time and the the energy and the commitment to. So that's what we're doing. We're following up with exactly that. And uh, there's there's a live album or a live DVD. Is that is that done? Is that coming out soon? It's a live album and live DVD Blu-ray, yeah. and it is done. But um, it took a little longer to get the the sync licensing for some of the uh, the covers that we were doing on the record. So right. it got pushed back a little bit. I believe they're looking at, I, I, I don't want to 
say the wrong quote, but I think they're looking at maybe August, September for the release date. And then the the actual new album itself will be out uh, early January, I believe, with, with singles and videos and stuff already kicking off by the end of the year. Awesome. Uh, what else do they have going on? I mean, this is going to be your life for the next year, the uh, the Soto and then and then Sons of Apollo. Is there anything else we should know about? Yeah, I'm I'm just I'm pushing as much as I can. Obviously, as we're we're talking about the Soto album now, um, we have a European tour uh, booked for September that we're going to be releasing the dates to very soon. Um, regarding any more touring, it's a kind of wait and see. It's a slow burn in the sense of getting the rest of the country to uh, to. I don't know, to discover Soto. It's, um, as I said, the first two albums didn't really light the world on fire, so I'm hoping to do so with this one. And from that, I want to take Soto to the rest of the world. But I'm also not going to force a tour because I've been through scenarios where you, you book a tour and, and people aren't quite latched onto that record or that, that particular album, and you have light numbers because a lot of people realize you're not doing a best-of JSS show, so they're not going to come to the show supporting it. I'd rather get Soto to the point where people are dying to see just that and not expecting to hear me doing a cavalcade of Ingbe songs. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, and, and nor should you. I mean, this stuff rocks. Uh, I think people will totally dig it uh, if they haven't already from the first few singles. Uh, again, Soto Origami uh, comes out May 24th. Uh, check it out on Spotify, Apple Music, get the album, go see the band, all that. Always a pleasure, man. I'll see you soon somewhere you. along the way. All right, we shall speak soon. All right, man, take it easy. All right. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks to Jeff for the interview. For upcoming news and interviews, please check theprogreport.com. Follow us on Facebook, at The Prog Report on Twitter and Instagram. You can download the podcast on all our podcast networks and follow us on YouTube. We're going to close with the opening track off of Origami. This is Hypermania. Thanks. <laughs>